I want to invite you to start this year more gently. Rather than being hard on yourself and more disciplined, I want to guide you to have more space and time in a relaxing and peaceful way that feels good. Less like discipline and more like living out your truth. That is what we'll do inside the Healing Burnout Course, an elegant excellence community that is opening for enrollment for just the second time ever this month at hillaryrushford.com slash burnout, which is linked in the show notes below. Just one of our rave reviews from our beautiful inaugural members is Amy, who said, I have already recommended it to a bunch of family and friends and highly, all capitals, recommend this specifically to women who are struggling with a juggle-it-all mentality, who know they are trying to do too much but just can't see an alternate path who are tired to their bones of feeling shame and guilt and are longing for a lifestyle that brings deep, purposeful peace and self-belief. I could not have said it better myself, Amy. If that is you, my dear, join us today at hillaryrushford.com burnout before the doors close. And now, on with the show. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Happy New Year, my love. How is your year? What kind of start are you getting off to? I asked on Instagram the first Monday of the year, and half of us were off to a rough start. And mine continued throughout that week. It was just a bumpy start to the year. And... You may not have noticed, but we did not have a podcast episode last week, and I could easily not mention that um, and just be like, oh, maybe nobody noticed. And I do think that there is an integrity of setting my intention to be here every week and showing up and doing so as I have for, I think, gosh, three years now maybe of this podcast, except when I took an intentional hiatus to write my book. I do think that that is very important. But I also think what's maybe even more important is being honest about imperfection and real life. And that is speaking to me more than ever before. I've had an incredibly hard year in 2022, and I found that every time I saw some woman that I thought was smart and successful and wise, and there was something in her that I related to or I aspired to share that she was really struggling, it felt like such a wash of relief that I was not alone. And there's someone that I follow online who had some really similar circumstances for me last year. And subtly in the back of my mind, I had a like, gosh, this is easy for her. Like, gosh, this is all working out for her. And like, I'm in a similar spot and like, it is just not. And then one of her very last posts of the year, someone asked her, how do you do it all? And she said, actually, I totally broke down this year. Like I hit a rock bottom like I never have before. I totally wasn't doing it all. And I, you know, it is not at all anyone's obligation to share what they don't want to share. So number one, it was a conviction to me to remember, we are told all the time that social media is a highlight reel. Apparently, I don't believe that. I am thinking, and probably this also is because I am an Enneagram 4, authenticity is deeply important to me. I literally don't know how to be in this 
parasocial relationship with you. Parasocial means, you know, we know each other through the internet. You you haven't been over to my house. Uh, you and I don't text. And yet we are in one another's lives. We are sharing dialogue. We are sharing stories back and forth. I don't know how else to do that without being incredibly vulnerable. I don't do it as if it's this like brave thing that I'm modeling that other people should do. I just, it would feel so fake to me if I wasn't. And then I'd be like, what's the point? Why am I, why am I doing this podcast? Why am I showing up on social media if this isn't real? So that's just me. And I need to remember that's not how everyone else operates, which is not a judgment. It's not to say those people are not being real, etc. And there, of course, are things that I don't share or I don't share the specifics of because we all have things that it does not feel the time or the place or it's not necessarily fully our story to share. So no one has an obligation to share. But wow, it helps. Just hearing her share that, I just realized like, gosh, I only follow people on social media that make me feel good about myself. So this is not someone that I've been following with a little competitive edge or like, woe is me or whatever. But I realized, you know, I was thinking, gosh, she's going through similar stuff and it looks like it's happening a lot more easily for her. And that actually wasn't true. So I therefore try as often as I can to share the real ups and downs, the real behind the scenes, share that. My first week of the year was not as graceful and glorious and well-organized as I hoped that it would be because I just couldn't get to everything before the end of the year. That was just the reality. There was some chaotic circumstances happening around me that I couldn't control, and I just couldn't get to everything. We cannot always get to everything on our list. So what do we do when we can't, when you have not gotten to the end of the to-do list, which to be frank, we never get to the end of the to-do list. But what hit me, I was on the plane over the holidays flying from Paris to Marrakesh and I was using my Elegant Excellence journal, the brand new one that is coming out in the new year. And I've been dying because I can't really take pictures of it because I don't want to, you know, spoil the reveal and the changes and all of that. So I keep using it and thinking like, ah, I want to share with you guys what I'm working on here. But I was using that on the plane and it hit me okay, I've got two weeks left of the year. This was going to be Christmas week and then that week between Christmas and New Year's. And I thought, what will make, I want to operate in these two weeks with what will make the biggest difference 12 months from now, not this week. If I was focused on this week, I would be scrambling to get all the little things done that I, I didn't quite get done. And instead of resting, I'd be doing those little things. I would be posting on social media while I'm on my vacation as opposed to being on vacation. Yes, I did a ton of photos and videos and I can't wait to share them with you guys, but I just sort of decided this is my time to do deeper reflection, to read, to journal, to rest, to organize. And That has been a big theme in my business and my life heading into this year. And so it felt like I was living that out in the final two weeks of 2022 rather than saying, this isn't working, but I'm going to keep doing it for another two weeks and then poof, it's going to change on January 1. And so one of those things was, I'm not going to get that first episode of the year done. Instead, I'm going to lay foundations that I believe will be better for this community 12 months from now and accept some imperfection to start the year. Because it is so easy to keep chasing what is right in front of us. 
and say, just just one more week of this craziness. I just need to get through one more launch. It's just, this is just a crazy project at work. I just need to get a little more money or a little bit more out of debt. It's just this season and then. And that is an aha I had, I believe, in 2014. I've shared this story before that I told myself when I started a business in 2011, I could be crazy for three years. I don't know where that came from, but I just thought, I know this isn't going to be easy, but I don't want to live my whole life like that. So I'm going to accept three years of insanity. But I looked up at the end of three years and realized, or three and a half years, there is no respite in sight. (laughs) This is not ending anytime soon. And so I just realized I'm constantly chasing just a little bit more and then. So I realized that, what would 2014 be? I guess so nine years ago? I mean, almost a decade later. And I am still learning that lesson. I am still peeling back the layers, finding new applications for it, which really I have found in this decade of what I have come to call the pursuit of a lifestyle of elegant excellence, where yes, I have big visions for my life and I, I I don't want to accept what is ordinary, which is the hustle and the burnout and all of that. I want there to be an elegance, but not because I just settled for some you know simple job, simple life, if that's not what is speaking to me. What I have found in that pursuit is that the core tenets so often are, nine years later, I am peeling back the onion on one more piece of the pie, to mix metaphors. I am still finding new layers and applications. It's not a, oh my gosh, this has never occurred to me before. It's, okay, this this is feeling like a new thought because I'm applying it in a new way. It's a fresh revelation because I've forgotten it and I've been focused on other tenants or maybe I've lost some of my tenants and I've sort of, you know, gotten lost in the shuffle of things. But I think one of the reasons that it's so hard to look past the present moment is because the present moment is often very hard. (laughs) And we are busy and we are tired and we are tight financially and we are not where we want to be. And so it requires having enough reserves, hope, determination, vision, faith, (laughs) belief to look beyond that and say, I'm going to not let things be as perfect and as ideal for these next few weeks or these next couple of months because I will get to where I want to be 12 months from now, a year from now, 18 months from now. And yet I believe when we start to make that shift and we accept these things are not going to happen overnight. I'm not going to be able to muscle my way through another few weeks or another few months and then it's going to be okay. I've got to accept we're looking at like 12 to 18 months for some some real difference shift, but I will only get to that real difference shift if I keep my eye on that longer term. If I keep focusing on the next two weeks, two months in front of me, a year from now, I'm going to be in a pretty similar place. Backing up to right before that flight from Paris to Marrakesh, we were in Paris for my birthday, which is a very special thing (laughs) to be able to say. I definitely was aware, like, this is the dream that so many people have, spending your birthday in Paris. And because my birthday is in the winter, I've never particularly wanted to go to Paris for my birthday, but we were in London with my parents for the holidays, and you can take the channel over to Paris. It's a 
underground train for like three hours. And so Jeremy and I thought, let's let's do it. We will probably never go back to Paris again in the winter. And I will say, by the way, um, just a little travel aside, I personally would not go back to Paris again at Christmas. If I got to rank my Christmas cities, London is number one in my book. It is the most magical city, in my opinion, to go to for Christmas. And yes, it was cold, but we felt the joy of the holiday spirit. And myself, Jeremy, both of my parents, we all loved it. I would put New York City second after that. Paris, I'll just be honest, you guys know I love Paris. It is one of my favorite places in the whole world. But it it's not all that magical at Christmas compared to why not just go when it's a nicer time of year. So I love that I have been there, but I now do not need to return. But I do not take for granted that I was in Paris on my birthday. We went out to dinner at a Michelin star restaurant. It was really beautiful. We just wanted to do something that was really memorable, that 10 years from now, we'd be like, remember that birthday when we did that? I'm also not very big on birthdays, not in a dismissive way. I just, um, I don't need it to always be a moment. I have a lot of birthdays I can't remember. So every once in a while when you're in a special place, I'm like, yes, let's remember this one. So we're at dinner and Jeremy says to me, And I'm basically going to quote what he said because I said, I need to pull my phone out and write this down because like, you know, we've been drinking at this point. I'm thinking like, I'm not going to remember this and what you were saying is so impactful. He said, this year, this year you went through multiple hard things. I'm going to stop quoting him for a minute. The reason that I'm getting emotional, I think, is because it felt... So beautiful to be seen. And I just want to acknowledge that because I think that's a gift that we can give to one another. I think it's a gift we can give to one another as friends is to really take those moments when we've watched someone walk through something hard and to really reflect back like, I saw that and it was traumatic. Like, I validate that. But I also saw you walk through it and I celebrate that. And that that's a really beautiful and powerful thing to have happen because I think so often, and I I used this phrase when I was uh, sharing about my healing burnout course for the first time last year, that I started to use the phrase that we gaslight ourselves when it comes to what we have been through and what we are experiencing, that we don't tell ourselves the truth. We think... Maybe that wasn't that hard. Maybe I was overreacting. And I think specifically for women, there is, the older that I get, unfortunately, the more I become aware of how much patriarchal messaging there is out there that implies that women are dramatic and crazy and overly sensitive and those sorts of things. And that has built up subconsciously, even if we don't think we are indoctrinated by it we are more than we realize. And so I think so often we want to discount, maybe I just didn't work hard enough. Maybe I was lazy. Maybe I, you know, those sorts of things. And to have someone say, like, I was, I saw how hard it was and I saw how well you did. is just really powerful. So he said, this year you went through multiple hard things and the hard things were every day. So you had to exercise the muscle to choose to not get burned out every day. And that developed in you a consistency. That's why you were able to help all these other women. And he's talking about the Healing Burnout course and the Allied Excellence community. 
He said, but it was by necessity. It was how you were surviving daily. And meanwhile, on top of the fact that it was daily, the scope of what happened was also huge. And that was such an aha because I thought, for example, and I'm curious if this brings up ideas in your own life of things you've waded through. A few years ago, I had a friendship fall apart and it was incredibly painful because that impacted other relationships, etc. But I went days without thinking about it. It wasn't my daily life. I didn't wake up thinking about it, walk through the day with it, talk to Jeremy about it at night, try not to think about it before I went to sleep, and this just happened day after day. It wasn't my daily life. It, when it came to mind, it would be painful, but then I would go about and do other things, and I could have days and days where I wasn't thinking about it. And that is a very different, it was, de- it was deeply traumatic. It's not to lessen the impact of that. But it is to acknowledge the difference that 2022 for me were scenarios that happened every day. They were just always present, omnipresent. And I think some of you may have experienced that in the pandemic when you were like, you know, you have immune compromised people in your home or you were having to juggle the children, remote learning from home. Maybe if you have gone through infertility and it just felt like something that was on your mind every single day, or maybe you went through infertility and realized it was present, but I didn't think about it every day. And I have friends that I realized they did think about it every day. And for whatever reason, I was able to create some space and I can be grateful for that. So just realizing there kind of can be those two different experiences. So for me, it was these two really big things, just as one was ending, Another one started. It's just, it was unbelievable. Just as one was ending in the fall, another one started. And so they were literally part of my everyday, other than respite on a few vacations throughout the year. And there was a respite over the holidays when we were having this conversation. And when you go through grief, loss, trauma, injustice, anything like that, I've reflected in my journaling with myself that. We can really resist the idea that there is a silver lining because the way people talk about it in culture tends to have an implication that you're saying maybe it's okay that this bad thing happened because this good thing happened. So you shouldn't be that upset about the bad thing because look at this good thing that happened. And I think that that is deeply traumatizing and incorrect. The bad was bad, period. Nothing was going to make that better. That is its own conversation over here. This thing happened. It is contained in this bubble. And it was the worst, period. Now, let's say that was always going to happen. We can't avoid it. We can't go back and say, would I have chosen it? Would I have traded it? Should I be grateful for it? It's just a thing that happened, a bad thing that happened. Now, separately, total firm divide, after this, we have another story. And that could be more bad or neutral or good. But it doesn't mean that the first part was okay at all. It was 100% wrong what happened to you over there. But then separately, what comes next can also be good. And we can be grateful that what came 
next was something good instead of more bad. Or at least there was something good and it wasn't just neutral. But I think the problem with everything happens for a reason, (laughs) that toxic positivity adage, is that then we tie in the good that came from it with the bad, which diminishes the bad. We're like, oh, this is all one story. See, A led to B, and B was happy, so you don't have to be that upset about A. I think A and B are completely different. Bad things happen, full stop, that's story A. And story B is also happening. We can have good things happen, and those good things can happen out of good things or bad things. So you don't have to have had A to get B. You could have had a happy story and also get this silver lining. The two are literally not related. They just are things that are happening in your life. So in the friend scenario, for example, there wasn't like a silver lining out of that. I mean, obviously, this this clearly was a bad friend and it's good they're no longer in my life, I guess. But it's not like I said, you know, I went through that and as a result, I really learned this or reflected on this and now my other friendships are so much better. Like, no, it was just a bad thing I went through. There was no good that came out of it. But for me in 2022, the bad did force me to figure out how to avoid burnout at a deeper level in a new way than I ever had. But thankfully, it's because I had started eight years earlier. And we talked at the top about sometimes it's hard to think past a few weeks or a few months into, you know, 12 or or 18 months down the road. But truly, I do see that the genuine personal growth and and self-development that we go through, it is a long tail story. It is small shifts that add up over time. So I got to thinking about it like phase one for me of, I would describe it as like trying to be less insane, (laughs) trying to be less crazy, less deeply anxious, highly stressed out, incredibly reactive, just more emotionally healthy, (laughs) started around 10-ish years ago. I started therapy in 2014. I hired a, a business coach. In 2015, I read the book Essentialism, which was really impactful for me. So I started saying, I need help. I, I want to not be in this place that I'm at anymore. And that really is the first step is just saying, this feels like crap. I don't want to be here anymore. I am willing to spend the money, invest the time. I'm willing to go through the scariness that it might feel worse before it feels better. And that's only because of the devil you know versus the devil you don't. It's only because this is the pain I'm used to, so I've grown accustomed to it. So I might go through some new pain that's going to feel uncomfy because it's new with my therapist, with my coach, et cetera. But I can't, like, there's got to be something better than this. I can't keep living like this. So phase one was, I need help. This isn't sustainable. This isn't going to work. Phase two was, so that was like two years. Phase two was like three years. It was like 2016 to 2019. Maybe that's four years, which was trying new things, trying business partners, trying other things in life, realizing rest 
alone is not going to be enough. This is a, a deeper foundational thing that is leading me to be exhausted. I need more help. I have more healing to do. And really just a lot of exploring, asking a lot of trial and error, a lot of oh, I think this is the answer and I am so excited about this. And then two years later, I don't think that was the right answer. So phase three, right before 2020, I had parted with uh, one business partner and I had one other that I was trying to decide whether I was going to go deeper into partnership with or part. And I have shared the story in detail before, but I had a really powerful conversation that was incredibly kismet, how it came about with a very large CEO that I didn't even know I had connections to. And Jeremy and I went and met with him. He sat with us for like three hours. I walked out with my hands shaking because it was so clear. I was so terrified because it was clear to me that what God was saying is the answers are within you, not outside of you. And you keep putting your trust in other people that they are going to be your savior. and that needs to come from me, which that's my personal belief about God and biblically, Jesus is the savior of the world. But I believe that that is resonant whether you believe in the universe or you are Buddhist or whatever your spiritual relationship with is. It is still saying that that inner wisdom, there is a magic and a chemistry with God, with a higher power, with the universe, that you have that wisdom within you. No one knows the choices that you for your life that are better than you. No one knows you better than yourself if you will spend the time and slow down and be okay with silence and get to know yourself. And then right after that, the world shut down for COVID. And because we do not have kids and we were not first responders, that was really a time of slowness for Jeremy and I. 2020 was our slowest year ever. And that felt right. And phase four was two years ago, February 2021. I came back from, we'd been living in Mexico for a few months, exploring moving there. And I came home and I declared, this is my year of boredom. I want to see how slow I can get and what comes up. What comes up if I am not filling my life with all of this busyness, if I'm not always constantly watching something and listening to something. And even though I had created the Elegant Excellence Journal a few years earlier, I started using it more and more and started journaling more. And the last 24 months, which I just realized because of a question someone asked me on Instagram stories, it hit me. Oh, yeah, I'm coming up on, it's been 24 months since I made that declaration. I have found this new level, which became the Healing Burnout Course, which if you're listening to this live, is opening soon for just the second time. And I cannot wait for you to hear the testimonials. It has been, I don't really have words to describe. I don't think I've been able to process it yet because you know, my birthday was on December 17th. So it's only been a few weeks really of having this conversation with Jeremy and realizing that that next level of wisdom that came out of my just the necessity of needing to survive th from the trauma then birthed this course 
which is then helping all these other women. And again, I, I think it's hard when you've gone through trauma, what I was just talking about, to really separate those because I don't want to say, oh, I had to go through this thing to help these other women. I, I don't believe that and yet, like the yes and, and yet I do see what I cultivated out of that just for myself to survive. And then if you've heard the story, we sent out a survey over the summer to ask you what you were struggling with. And the answer for everyone across the board was burnout. And that's when it hit me like, I, I, I oh, that's exactly what I've been walking through. And oh my gosh, I do have wisdom that I could share, have things that I could pass on to help. But I was in, at that moment, I was in a get through these next couple of months. I was in a short term. And when we we opened up the question to you is when I realized, oh, wait, I like looked up. There actually was a long term to all of this. And that was being able to help you as well. And I became less burned out in a very difficult year. None of those years have been easy, really, when I reflect through all of those phases of the last nine years. And every single year, if I went back and opened up my Elegant Excellence journals, I would see like so many gut punches and things that I didn't see coming. And I think, again, that's so important to share because someone asked on Instagram stories, she said, I had such, like, I had a year where everything fell apart last year. How do I hope that things aren't going to fall apart this year? And I think for me, part of it is that acceptance that most years, some things are going to fall apart. That is the ebb and the flow of life. Things fall apart and they come back together and they fall apart and they come back together. And some of those circumstances we can control, many of them we can't. So to me, Elegant Excellence Healing Burnout has been about shifting the ones that I could control, taking ownership, doing the work, trial and error, being curious, asking questions. And then for the many things that we can't, I had such a better mindset and approach and tools to walk through the others. And I just had a sense as I was reflecting the final weeks of the year that the trauma of this year didn't break me. And I was thinking, what exactly does that mean? Because what would it truly mean to be broken? And in the most extreme sense, simultaneously, we were watching in the, the world as Stephen Twitch Boss took his life. And I don't think I'm alone in feeling like the response to that was just different than what I think we've ever experienced in hearing publicly about suicide because I don't think we have ever seen someone that factually had such joy, success, love, community. I mean, those things weren't fake. Those were all true. And yet there, there was trauma. There was mental health. There was you know, all of that. And so the most extreme element of being broken would be the scenario that he found himself in. But if we are not in that extreme situation, which 
hopefully none of us are right now, none of us will be, then if we take a step back from that and we say, okay, more commonly, what would it mean to be broken or not broken? And I think it's just a feeling. And I think you know the feeling when you felt both. I wonder if you have to have felt both in order to be able to identify the difference. Because the times when I have felt broken, there was just a heaviness. I felt so defeated. I felt hopeless. It does feel hard to hope again. It feels hard to believe that it's it's going to be okay, that it's going to get better. There's just a sinking, a heaviness over time that starts to spread almost like oil on water. That it just, it's not just this situation. It's like thing after thing has added up. And now I just think, will I ever not feel like this? Is there always going to be this gray cloud over my life? Is there always going to be this heaviness in my soul? Is it always going to be this hard? That's feeling broken. And feeling like something didn't break you is saying there is still somehow a a faith, a hope, a confidence that I have. I mean, the, the worst things happened to me this year and I didn't think that's true. They're right. This defines me. This is who I am now. This is my life now. I thought... This is a devastating circumstance, and I as a person am still whole. And again, I would not go through the grief to have the skill set that I came out of it with. I wouldn't ever choose the trauma. But if the trauma was going to happen, full stop, then I see that in spite of that, I made myself better while I walked through it. I've shared before, I'm not a fan of the adage, we can do hard things, because I don't want to go through life expecting the hard, bracing for the hard, building myself up with all this steely muscle to be able to power through the hard. It was hard, and I stayed soft. I, in little tiny ways, sometimes throughout the day. It wasn't like I just went through with an air all throughout my day of lightness, like, ah, I'll just let this roll off my back. But underneath it, I stayed hopeful, optimistic, in integrity, true to myself. In writing my first book on what makes women feel beautiful, I used imagery of a garden, which I will share in more detail another time. But the garden is the opposite of the staircase of hierarchy, where we're always trying to get one step higher on the staircase, which ultimately means we have to be one step above someone else. We have to be a little thinner, a little better dressed, a little wealthier, a little better looking, a little better shape, whatever, than than someone else. It's controlling ourselves, being more disciplined, working harder to get higher on the staircase and 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 hoping that others subconsciously aren't getting as high so that we feel better about ourselves. The opposite of a staircase to me is a garden where all beauty and diversity is welcome and celebrated 
and there is life and seasons and sunshine and resting and benches to just sit and be because there is not a higher level to get to when you're just in a beautiful garden. And I feel like my life got torched by a blowtorch last year, but I knew that I was still a garden underneath. I knew they couldn't kill my garden unless I let them. And I didn't let them. I stayed soft and beautiful and living and growing. And I trusted that I would bloom back. And I think that's what not getting broken means. You believe you will bloom back even when you look around and at the moment the garden that you've worked so hard to cultivate in your life just looks like it's been torched. And so going into 2023, I feel a confidence I have never felt. And it's not because of that one trauma that I survived because I feel like that gives it too much power. It seems, again, like, well, because of that, I got my confidence. It's the nine-year journey to healing. It's these nine years of living with more elegance and excellence. It's being in this phase five when these are the circumstances that happened. And I feel like this phase five now for me is, it's not an outside confidence where I'm like, okay, guys, I am going to crush my goals. I have decided what my growth, what my metrics are. Other people are going to see it. Other people are going to look back and be like, wow, Hillary, you had a banner year. That's not the kind of confidence, which there's nothing wrong with that. And I've had seasons where that was what my confidence was anchored in. But this feels more like an inner confidence, like when I am home alone on my couch with Mr. Freddie Cappuccino, I am happier than I've ever been. And like when I get punched in the gut, I can breathe through it better than I've ever been able to. And the the punches are are shorter lived. They they have less reverberation. I'm more able to release them. And so while I can't trust the world or other people, and I don't mean that in a dark way, like I can trust no one and nothing, but we can't control the circumstances. We can't control the world. People will hurt us. They will disappoint us. They will let us down. They will have different priorities. There will be wars. There will be laws. Like, We can't trust that everything will always be good. But I have more trust in myself than I've had before. And it has been layer by layer, year by year, in spite of, alongside the hard things. And again, I am not feeling grateful for those hard things, but I am feeling grateful to myself for how I walked through them and how I stayed true to myself and how I showed up. And if that sounds appealing to you, to be able to trust yourself more and have more inner confidence, come what may, then you, my dear, are in the right place. That is the journey we are going on this year together continuing here on the podcast, on Instagram and Instagram stories, 
in the Healing Burnout course, which I so hope you will join us inside, in the Elegant Excellence Journal, which I so hope you will get one as soon as they are released, and much more in this beautiful year to come. And I'm wishing for all of us in 2023 a more beautiful life without burning out and to feel more beautiful on the inside and out. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately, and this one is not going to be the usual, like, fun girlfriend note here at the end, because I really want to share a continued thought of the episode, which is that there is an exercise in the new Elegant Excellence Journal. It might have been last year's. I don't recall. But it hit me. like a ton of bricks when I was going through it. And I will say about the Elegant Excellence Journal, it is shocking to me the number of times when the words that are on the page that I wrote six months ago are what I needed today and what are speaking to me in the moment. And there is this exercise that says, let me read it here. It's on page 14 in the new journal. It says, what would my 10-year-old self or myself 10 years ago be thrilled to see is true in my life today. What dreams have been reached or exceeded, what growth has occurred. We often focus on what hasn't occurred, discounting so many answered prayers and celebrations that have. And I wrote, wow. And then I went on to write because a scenario hit me, and I won't share what it was because it was personal, but it would be something like if you thought back to your birthday 10 years ago, which in this case, that wasn't it for me, but something like that where you go, wait a minute, I just realized if you're like, I just turned 50 and I'm just remembering that on my 40th birthday, something that I never would have believed would be possible is actually possible in my life. Like maybe you, it hits you all of a sudden that you are back on the same beach that you went on vacation around 10 years ago and you remember being so incredibly uncomfortable in your body and you were so uncomfortable in your swimsuit and you you hated your body, you had such shame and now you're sitting there and you're like, I actually love my body. I'm actually at peace with my body, not because your weight has changed and it's it's been growing over time, but it hits you like a ton of bricks in that moment because you're in the same place. Like maybe you are at your grandmother's house laughing over a holiday and you realize 10 years ago, I I didn't think that I would speak to certain of these family members again. Like I didn't know if we could ever do Easter together again like this because of the things that had been said and the things that had been broken. I would never have believed you that traumatic Easter 10 years ago that 10 years later I would be sitting here laughing and and so happy to be around those same family members. Maybe you fell in love after being a widow or divorced or horrible heartbreak and it hits you, I'm I'm back in the same country. Like that was I remember that time when I was here in Mexico and I was so devastated and now I'm back here and I'm so happy and I wouldn't have believed you that I was ever going to feel this happy again. And It just really convicted me afresh that your life can completely change in 10 years. And I know that sounds like a long time, but 
It's also not. I mean, we get many, 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 many 10 years in our lives. And it also didn't take the whole 10 years to get there. It's just that, you know, you maybe were happy five years ago, but it just hits you afresh to realize how much has healed, how much has changed, how much you have grown. So I want to leave you with that to reflect on today. What would my 10-year-old self or myself 10 years ago be thrilled to see is true in my life today? I would love to hear your answer. If you're a member of the Elegant Excellence community, come over and share it in the group and let's all reflect on and encourage one another's stories. I am confident that your story will spark something else in someone's story for themselves that they didn't even realize has changed so much in their life. I am so grateful that you are here. I am so grateful for your heart and your desire and your energy to live life a little better for yourself this year and to know that I am not alone on this journey and that we have this beautiful community supporting us. So more good things to come in this year with grace and adoption. Till next Wednesday.